The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. One point six billion people, about twenty three percent of the world's population, are Muslims. It might surprise you that India and Pakistan together have more Muslims than the entire population of the Middle East and North Africa. And we consider those two areas traditionally as the major center of Islam. And Asia also has the country with the largest single Muslim population, Indonesia. Most of these areas seem to have ever-tightening restrictions on non-Muslims being allowed to share their faith with followers of Islam. In fact, Christian Bibles are forbidden in some Muslim countries, and even giving one to a Muslim can be punishable by prison or worse. But there's one person who can freely walk through the iron gates of Islam, and that's the amazing topic we want to share with you. In my own travels through Africa and the Middle East, I would frequently hear stories about Muslims who were experiencing remarkable dreams and visions about Jesus. And so I began to document many of these accounts, and I wrote a book called Miracles Among Muslims. Recently, I was invited to Dallas, Texas to speak at a conference on the subject of Muslim encounters with the Lord Jesus. It seems to be happening so often and with increasing impact to sincere followers of Islam who are spiritually hungry and seeking some assurance, comfort, and even love in their quest for meaning in life and in life after death. Along with other conference speakers, we could see a pattern of divine visitations individuals, and in some cases, entire Muslim communities that were having revelations and conversations with Jesus through dreams and visions. The conference was called Awaken, and here are a few highlights that we want to share. Well, what a joy it is uh, to come to this particular topic and to be in the company of so many like-minded people. Because a lot of the work that I have done has really been pioneering uh, in the Middle East because a lot of people haven't really understood my ministry. Uh, the Jews have said in Israel, well, we like Christine, but we're not sure why she hangs out with the Arabs. And the Arabs say, well, you know, we, we really like Christine, but we're not sure we think she's a Zionist. And yet the Lord wants to bring his church in this hour to an understanding of the bigger picture. There are many who are just praying for the Muslim harvest, and then there are many who are only praying for Israel to be saved. But as we've already heard, God is bringing these two movements together. Why? Because it's God's time to save 
all of the descendants of Abraham. Hallelujah. Remember, remember when Abraham said, oh, just let Ishmael live. I've already got a son. Let Ishmael be the son of promise. And God said, I've heard your prayer. Nevertheless, Isaac will be the son of promise. But I have heard your prayer. And all of these centuries later, God is finally answering the prayer of Abraham that Ishmael might live. And you and I are a part of it. And we want to gain the wisdom of God to number our days to maximize this harvest because it is happening now. We want to be in the right place at the right time. And I thank God that he allowed me as a woman to be in this harvest. Now, a lot of people, when they look at uh, all of the descendants of Abraham, the, the Jews and the Muslims, they think these are very difficult calls because these people have been, in a sense, hardened to the gospel for centuries, and we haven't seen a lot of fruit. And God did not give me a ministry of an apologist. I really love those ministries. I love to listen to them. I love to hear uh, their trains of thought and uh, how wonderful they are in handling the sword of the Spirit and other literature. But God has been emphasizing through our ministry the supernatural. And I want us, by the grace of God, to lay hold of the power and the possibility of the spirit of revelation. Hallelujah. How is it that these children of Abraham are going to be saved? I ask you, how were you saved? It was because of the spirit of revelation. You could not have come to a saving knowledge of the Lord unless the Holy Spirit had drawn you. You cannot even say Jesus is Lord except the Holy Spirit causes you to do that. Now we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the accomplishment of seeing the sons and the daughters of Abraham coming to the Lord because it's going to require the gifts of the Spirit. And for those of you who have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you only received it because you had the spirit of revelation that you needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You didn't even begin to cry out to God for that power until you realized by the spirit of revelation that you had to have it. If you've been healed, you cannot be healed by the Lord unless you have the spirit of revelation that he's the healer. Now we know he does break through because he's not in a box, hallelujah, and he can heal somebody even without the spirit of revelation. But normally, things come by the spirit of revelation. And in that marvelous verse from Joel chapter 2, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. All means all. One thing that I want to emphasize today is the corporate, collective nature of these visions and dreams that are happening. Your sons and your daughters 
shall prophesy. Isn't it marvelous that uh, even though that prophecy was given 2,000 years ago, it is being fulfilled in an exponential manner. And so that not only are we seeing dreams and visions happening exponentially, but God is using women because women, I'm not going to say a preacher and offend some of you men, but female errand girls for the Lord. I don't claim to be anything except a Bible woman and the Lord's errand girl. They are proliferating because this is an end time sign and the women can go many places that the men cannot go. One of the things that we're doing in our ministry is we're having Bible women congresses in nations where Islam is, is very prevalent to empower the women because you know uh, you men in a three-piece suit could never go and uh, minister the gospel inside a woman's house. But a woman can do that. A woman can go behind the veil. And if you look around the world, you realize that in the history of the missions in the church, two-thirds of those who've gone out into the mission field have been women. Hallelujah. And particularly single women. And if you go anywhere in the world, to the furthest corner of the world, I venture that you will find two things. What do you think you will find if you go to the furthest corner of the world? You'll find Coca-Cola and a little old lady preaching the gospel. Well, as I began to fast and pray, I had an epic dream. And I believe that this dimension of dreams is very, very important for all called into this field. Because God says, if there be a prophet amongst you, I will speak to him in a dream or in a vision. Isn't that what the Torah says? You can find it in the book of Numbers. And into this period of fasting, I had an epic dream. Now, epic dreams are part of the category of dreams. There are nightmares, there are recurring dreams, and the Muslims are having recurring dreams. There are lucid dreams. The Association of uh, Sleep Research says that a lucid dream is when a person knows he or she is dreaming and can control the outcome of the dream. And if the spirit of the prophet is subject unto the prophet, if you're having a dream in which you're being attacked, you don't have to wake up and say, I'm having a nightmare, but you take authority over that attack in the name of Jesus, and you win the day in the dream, and you keep on sleeping. But epic dreams are dreams that are like a burning bush experience. And these are the kinds of dreams that the Muslims are having, that they know, that they know, that they know. It, isn't it amazing that they always know it's Jesus? Somehow, it's not Muhammad. They always know by the spirit of revelation that it's Jesus. So in this dream, the Lord said that I'm calling you to the nation of Israel. This was way back, just after 
Israelis had won the Six-Day War and they were riding on a uh, tide of popularity. But in the dream, I saw all the nations of the world coming against Israel, the time we're living in now. And the Shekinah glory in the dream said, do not harm my servant, referring to me, for she must stand with Israel when all of the nations turn against Israel. And that's where we are right now. Now, some of the women who really influenced me deeply. There was a woman named Jenny DeMare, who in the early 1900s worked with the Apostle of Islam, Samuel Zimmer. And she was a colleague of his, and he gave her a house in Jeddah, where she was the only woman ministering to the thousands of Muslim pilgrims going to Mecca. And in studying her life, she wrote a book called Adventures in God. She was moved totally in the supernatural. And I want to emphasize the importance of the supernatural. Hearing from God, because a lot of our work is running to catch up to where the Holy Spirit is already moving. It used to be in missions, the church would send somebody, they would start a work, now we're going to where the Holy Spirit is moving. And we have to know how to cut through all of the centuries of religion and religiosity with the gifts of the Spirit to go straight to their heart. I, I never, hardly ever, argue doctrine with a Muslim, but I will say, have you had a dream about Jesus? And usually they'll tell me their dreams. They say one out of four who has come to a saving knowledge has had a dream. But if they haven't, then they want to know about these supernatural dreams. And so it's an opportunity to share the Lord that way. Well, Jenny, can you imagine, she was a Bible woman doing a lot of the kinds of assignments that we do on our teams. We go to places and villages that the Holy Spirit has targeted to take the gospel, to take holy scriptures. But she was traveling uh, by herself as a woman wearing um, a, red a Red Cross nurse's uniform, and that gave her protection as she went. And as she was going off on one of her missions as a Bible woman into Turkestan, a Bible translator said to her, by the way, when you're in Central Asia, amongst millions of people, he said, I don't know where Fazl Bay is, but I want you to find Fazl Bay, because he was very close to becoming a follower of Jesus and he was a translator for me, but I've lost contact with him. <laughs> so she traveled, and she went from town to town, sometimes crossing deserts five or six days without water, without food, carrying portions of the Word of God, in journeyings often with many privations as a woman of God. 
And one day, the Holy Spirit said to her, you have missed going to a town called Ash. And so she went back, and she had to hire a mule and go through all of this trouble and climb mountains and travel for days. And as she was wandering through the markets with her portions of Bibles and tracts, suddenly her eyes fastened on a man in the market. And up in her spirit, she hadn't thought about this man in months, came back the name Fazel Bay, and she looked at him. And she said, are you by chance Fazel Bay? And a smile broke out on his face. And he said, I am. And she went home with him, and she lived in his house and helped him to translate the scriptures. She had to leave, and the next year she learned that he had been martyred, but he had stood firm. That was the power of one woman following the voice of the Holy Spirit and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And she was one of the first to be involved in this uh, interesting dynamic of the corporate dreams. God will use women in this extraordinary time. Aren't you glad that God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this? Now, I was very fascinated to hear about this principle, of course, about how so many movements come from east to west. One night, I had an epic dream in which I was sitting in a conference with my husband, and we were sitting out in a huge conference hall. And a man came onto the stage with a microphone, and he was dressed in a Muslim dress and Muslim hat. And he picked up the microphone, and he said, Where are Christine and Peter Dark in the dream? I raised my hand. You, he said, you must come to the North Philippines. Well, when I woke up, I knew I had received the Macedonian call. Macedonian calls are part of the dynamic. So many times the Holy Spirit is moving and we have to go and catch up where, where he's moving and he will call us in a dream. So when we went, of course, I was looking for this Filipino Muslim man. We arrived in the North Philippines in Manila, and I'm looking, I never see the man. I never see the man. He was a man, a picture of a man from the Muslim island of Mindanao. But he was calling the messenger in the dream to go to the north where the Christians are. Well, we never saw the man from Mindanao, but everywhere we went, I said, I'm going to give an altar call for the believers in the north to go to the Muslims in the south. And all of the organizers said, they'll never answer the call. They're too afraid. I said, they will answer the call 
because the Holy Spirit, it's, it's the cry of the Muslim for the gospel. It's the cry. And night after night, workers came. Workers came at every meeting. They came. They dedicated their lives. They knelt down and they said, we will go. We will go. They wept. A place can be gained in God through prayer and fasting, but then sometimes it's just given by God. By grace. Without the prayer, without the fasting, without the intercession. Because God can never be boxed. But in this case, he said, I want these prayers. And he said, each one of them is going to be a battering ram of the Holy Ghost. And he took me to Revelation 5.8 and Revelation 8.5, where we learned that all of our prayers, all of our intercessions, all of our fastings, are put in the golden bowls on the golden altar. Don't ever think that the prayer meeting you go to, and it doesn't look like anything has happened. It didn't look like it was very dynamic. It didn't look like it was very earth-shaking. Every single one of those prayers has been stored. And then what happens in the book of Revelation, the angel takes the coal from the altar and mixed with the incense of the prayers of, God, of God's people and cast it back on the earth and it becomes earthquakes, thunders, lightnings, voices. Each one of those is an earth-shattering event, could represent. But particularly voices, I believe, that our prayers, our intercessions, our fastings result in voices, the spirit of revelation, particularly in the night watches amongst these wonderful souls that God has determined to save. Hallelujah. Not far from the ministry center that we used to have on the Mount of Olives, there was a woman, she's testified in our meetings before. The Lord was appearing to her night after night on the Mount of Olives. And she was afraid. So she would turn over and face the wall and she would not respond to the Lord. One morning when she was cooking at her stove, she spilled some very hot oil on her leg. And, and the oil was so hot that her skin melted off and she was rushed to hospital. That night as she was lying in bed, her leg was all bandaged. The Lord appeared to her again. He says, you haven't responded to me. But to show you how much I love you and that I am not just a prophet, I am Lord. I'm healing you. In the morning, when she swung her legs over the side of the bed, she looked down and the bandages were gone and her leg was perfectly healed. She searched through all of her bed clothing and she couldn't find even a vestige of the bandage. And she went running all over the Mount of Olives saying, Jesus is alive, I am healed. Another aspect of these visitations is the healing that takes place, the gift of healing 
through the divine agencies of dreams and visions. We must believe for more of this because it's through the signs and wonders that God confirms the glorious gospel. A man that we led to the Lord many years ago out of the house of Islam, the Lord appeared to him in the only way that he could understand. He was going to have open heart surgery. He'd only known the mosque. And in the dream, he was in a mosque. And the Lord came into the mosque and laid his hand on the man's head for at least five minutes. And he said the power of God went through him and healed his heart. He was pronounced healed. And when I saw him 10 days later, the Shekinah glory of God was still shining from his face. I knew something had happened. I said, what has happened to you? I see light on your face. He said, Jesus healed me in a dream. Those were highlights from a conference in Dallas, Texas, where Christians gathered to share notes on the remarkable phenomenon of Muslims around the world having life-changing dreams and visions about Jesus. Reports from churches, mission outreaches, and individuals are coming in from Asia, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, and the Americas. We're living in extraordinary times when God himself is pouring out a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel wrote, that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. We live in dramatic times, and it's up to us, this generation, to finish the race, as Paul put it. That's your challenge and mine to share the good news of Jesus. Thanks for watching Exploits. I'm Christine Darg. My book, Miracles Among Muslims, is available online at Amazon. And if you would like a free copy of our magazine, Exploits, just visit our website at exploits.tv. Contending for the faith. Until next time, I'm Christine Darg. Shalom. Psalm 122 commands us to pray for the peace of this city, and it promises that all who love Jerusalem shall prosper. The Jerusalem Channel gives you the opportunity to be a watchman upon the walls 24-7, and we have available to you more than 100 videos that are absolutely free online to everybody in the world. But we need you to be one of the supporters. We need you to be a watchman for the Jerusalem Channel and to surround us with your love and prayers. If you're watching from the United States, please know that your donation is tax deductible. And if you are a viewer and one of our watchmen in the United Kingdom, we are a registered charity and that helps us so much when you support us. In the meantime, we invite you to come up to Jerusalem and keep the festivals of the Lord with us and to be part of our prayer conferences. Support the Jerusalem Channel as you pray for the peace of Jerusalem and love this city. God, I'm sure, is well pleased. I'm Christine Darg, wishing you shalom and peace from the city of the great King.